Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dive Sports. This will be another unscripted episode. This will be the first episode in a long string of episodes that we're going to put together called our Player Series, where we're going to go through different sports leagues and put together teams, put together lists of top players in each of those leagues. And even with this one that we're starting today, we're going to kind of give our opinion on if we could go back in time and prevent a pro athlete from getting injured and kind of describe who that would be and why. So today we are going to start with David and see what pro athlete he would like to prevent getting injured. Uh, This is probably going to be an interesting one, mainly because I would probably say, well, first off, let me announce who I was going to say. I was going to say Zydrunas Agalskis. Okay. He was one of, uh, to me, he was one of the better tall centers in the league when he came in and during his time too. But being the fact that he was so tall, it often led to him being injured on numerous occasions. So I think he would have been a lot better than he probably was. But at the same time, he was already good even with the injuries. Big Zunas Adrowskis. I like it. I like it. What was his name, Nick? Did I say it wrong? Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. How do you say it? Zildrunas. Zildrunas. I thought I said that. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, well, just called him Big Z. Big Z. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you guys have any comments on his? you think it's fair? you think it's outrageous? you think there's – I mean, I don't know much about his injury at all. So, um, I mean, that, that obviously mm-hmm. – I guess it wasn't – I think it was just the fact that he was more in, oftentimes injured than, like, one major injury, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, when he was healthy, he was uh, – obviously, I think his numbers retired by the Cavs. You know, he's, yeah. he was – you know, a very good center, and he was a big part of the team for a while, especially LeBron's early years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely more of that traditional center that's kind of not really a part of the league anymore, but he was definitely dominant. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to Greg and see what player he has. So I uh, I went back oh, quite a ways, uh, well over fifty years. Um, I think to this point now, it's it's fifty one years or. I have to look at that exactly. But Tony Canigliero, he was a Boston Red Sox, uh, I think, uh, first baseman or shortstop. But basically, he could have been the next the next Ted Williams for Boston, the, you know, right in between where Carter Strensky was. Um, he was drafted by the Red Sox at 17 um, in 1962 because he was a local boy. During his 1964 rookie season, he batted 290 with 24 home runs and 52 RBIs, and that was only in 111 games. In his second season, he led the league in home runs with 32, becoming the youngest home run champion in American League history. That was, I mean, and that still stands as, like, the youngest to hold that. And he was, uh, was at age 22, he reached a career total of 100 home runs, and he was also the youngest to achieve that for an American League player, I guess, I haven't looked at national league players, but like that, all this led up to in August of 67, he got hit by a pitch by Jack Hamilton in the left cheekbone. He's carried off the field in the stretcher. And if you are a sports illustrated fan, there is a sports illustrated cover of Canigliero with a big giant black eye right below, you know, right in this area in, in the left eye area. And that basically derailed his career uh he could have been one of the greats what he had led up to and 
he came back about a year and a half later and did okay uh, after injury, but his eye was never the same. And he was out of the league soon after that. And then um, actually died uh, of complications of a stroke at like 45 or something. So oh. that's, that's my guy, Tony Canigliero. And I would like to kind of go off of that a little bit in the sense that I would also probably add like Nomar Garcia Parra too, because he was another Boston Red Sox that was really good in his first like two or three years. Yep. And he got injured and then was derailed from that too. Never the same because traded went to the Cubs in that year. Oh, five? Well, four. And that was oh, the year that the, uh, he was traded midseason and to the Cubs. And then the Red Sox won the World Series that year. He still mm-hmm. got a ring, but you know what I mean? He wasn't there for the games. Yeah. Right. And that was another one of my favorite players on the Red Sox. Yeah. Like before I was an Indians fan, I was actually a Red Sox fan because of Nomar. <laughs> All my family's from Boston. So I'm, I, I'm a Patriots, Bruins, Celtics. Like, if, uh, oh, man. All I've known growing up. So. Okay. Uh, at least known. his family's at, from At least Boston. you were born and raised a Boston, uh, Boston sports fan and not just yeah. a you know, fair weather fan. All my cousins, all my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, they're all there. So, yeah, at least there's a reason for it. So, well, that definitely was an interesting one. You had getting hit in the head like that. That's probably, that's not good, especially by, you said it was by a pitch, not a hit. By, yeah. Hit by a pitch. Um, oh, and it wow. was before they had the, uh, the ear. Um, uh, okay. And actually from what I was reading that the ear in the face thing was a direct correlation to that pitch being hit is that after that they started to use the the ear covers and then then in later years the ones that kind of go down towards the mouth so yeah i mean you get hit with a 90 mile an hour pitch in the head that's uh that's That's, a bad day that's definitely not gonna feel good pretty much no yeah that's a scary thought all righty well let's kind of see what uh what dom has what do you got dom when I was looking at this question, the first name that popped into my mind was Bo Jackson. Um, you look at, you know, how yeah. how he was able to play football. Uh, he was one of the best running backs in the league until he got hurt. He got hurt, I think, 91, and it was a career-ending injury. You know, he was never able to play football after that. I mean, you, I'm looking at his stats now. I mean, he rushed for 1,000 yards. Uh, no, almost 1,000 yards in one season, had over – almost 700 yards from scrimmage every season. You know, he was at the time he was one of the best running backs in football and then had a devastating hip injury and could never play again. And even when he was playing baseball, he was, wasn't the best hitter average wise, but he was still an X factor in any game that he was playing. And after the injury, and you can see a, a dip in his, in his numbers. So just as an athlete in general, he was never really the same. So I've always wondered what he could have been if he never got hurt. Uh, the sky could have been the limit in the NFL or MLB, whatever sport that he really tried to focus on. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that one. You can say that's my Bo Jackson poster I had on the wall when I was a kid. I mean, like even I think for generations, people will know who Bo Jackson is just because of what he accomplished that many others weren't really able to. And, and you know, it, it'd be interesting to see like what – like how his injury would fare in today's time with today's me- medicine and science and stuff like that to see if maybe he'd be able to come back. Well, you can look at Tua. Tua had a similar injury um, his last year at Alabama, and he came back. He was playing last year. He didn't play 
he didn't light the world on fire, but he was still able to play. Yeah, exactly. That'd be be really interesting because, like you said, he was he was on pace to be one of the greats, not just in in football, but also in baseball as well. So that'd have been super interesting. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I think he he made a legacy. I mean, he he accomplished so much in baseball and football while he was there that like he he'll definitely go down as one of the greats. You know, in both sports, only other Deion Sanders and there was like one other that have been able to do it in the last you know, a few decades. And so that alone, you know, puts him in a different category um, of, of ability that not a lot of other people can claim. Did, he played football for a little, or baseball for a little bit longer than he played football though, didn't he? Is that correct? Yeah, he so, played yeah. baseball 86 uh, to 94, missing the 92 season because of the hip injury. And then football was 87 to 90 or 91. He was at Auburn, Premier, Frank Thomas, and Charles Barkley. Okay. And Auburn University. So I just remember watching a documentary about Auburn and how the three of them used to pal around a lot just because of all that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I have an interesting story about Frank Thomas. He uh, he got injured and couldn't play football anymore, and he was uh, going to lose his scholarship. So uh, the football program gave him a scholarship anyways, the, even though he didn't play, and he played baseball on a football scholarship. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I always thought that wow. that was really interesting. Like he could have been kicked out of the, the school or whatever, but he played baseball on a football scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> well, well you get away with it now, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> able to get away with just a little bit more <laughs> back then. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I will finish it off. So my player that I would go back and prevent from getting hurt, I'm going to go back to the NBA like David, but I'm going to go with Derrick Rose. Yeah. So yeah. I think for me, watching him play those first, you know, four seasons before he got hurt and watching his trajectory to that point where in that the 2012 playoffs there where he tore his ACL against the 76ers, I think he was on a path to be considered one of the greatest players of all time. Um, I mean, you kind of saw him, you know, most most players don't kind of mature into their prime until, you know, once they hit year six or seven, then that's kind of when they're hitting their stride. And, you know, we saw him from so after his rookie season from 2009 to 2012 and those those uh, those three seasons before he got hurt, he was averaging 23 points per game a little over 45% shooting from the field, a little over 30% shooting from three. And he was averaging around seven and a half assists a game. So when you think about somebody who's not really even hitting their prime yet, and he already had an MVP from the 2010, 2011 season, he was kind of rivaling players. And, you know, I don't want to say beating them consistently, but he, he was beating a lot of the, the league's best players at that time and kind of stopping them from being successful. It definitely was really fun. And he was just a fun player to watch. He was very crafty with the ball. He kind of was changing the way that we kind of see point guards today. Obviously not in the way that Steph did it from behind the three, but just the, the craftiness. He was kind of, you know what I mean, bringing them more out of that, like, pass first, be the physical bully kind of on on the court, on the defensive end. And I don't know, like I said, he was just so interesting to watch and such an interesting person to root for. And maybe have a little bit of soft spot for the ACL tear because I have been through that 
few times in my life. <laughs> and I know, I know how hard it is to come back from something like that, especially uh, the, you know, not just the physical aspect of it, but for him, it, it was the mental aspect of it as well too. But when you look at his career after that, he's never averaged the same numbers. I think his field goal percentage has been about the same, but like points wise, assists wise, three point percentage wise, it's just, it, it's never been up to what it was. And I think it would have been really interesting to see if we got to see him full go in his prime to see what that would have been like. And I think it would have changed the dynamic of how we view players like, you know, LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Quiet Leonard today, because he would have been another great within this era that, that they kind of, I guess, got lucky that he, that he's kind of had the bad luck that he has because they would have kind of rivaled their legacy as well. I, I agree. Yeah, he definitely was kind of like the Steph Curry before Steph Curry was a thing kind of thing. Well, like for me, he's like, so when you look at like our greats, like you, like you look at like Michael, you look at Kobe, you look at LeBron, you look at Magic, those guys, they, they just didn't score a lot of points. They just didn't win a lot. They also changed the league in a way they pushed it forward in a different direction than what it was going and they kind of allowed the generation beneath them to kind of watch how they played and and you can kind of see that they model their game after a lot of them and he was one of those guys it's more than just being prolific scorer like I said it's about the way that you change your league and stuff like that and I think I think he would have been viewed as as like I said, in the, in the same conversation as, as a LeBron, as a magic, as, as a Kobe, as a Jordan, he might've had a little bit of trouble because he was in a bulls uniform, but being compared to Jordan, but if he won him a couple of rings, you know, three or four and, 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 and kept off that production, I, I think that you could have started that conversation, but. I mean, and to go back on what you said, like he was looked at that by his peers, vastly looked at him as, as, as a superior basketball player, um, I know you and I had the conversation of um, before the, the whole LeBron coming to LA thing um, that, you know, Kobe was in talks with really before the injury to, of, of trying to get Derrick Rose to become a Laker because that's how much he yeah. looked at him is like, wow, this kid's the future, you know, this kid's going to be great. Um, and so when you have your peers all looking at you in that way, it's a really testament to what your abilities were. And he definitely had that. Yeah. I mean, it's really crazy today. Like when you watch him play, you see like flashes of what he used to be. And it's just, to me, I wonder too, if, if maybe he still could have been that player, but he just kind of was holding himself back. Cause like I said, I think he was out for almost like he was out for that full season and then a little bit longer just cause it wasn't the physical aspect. It was the mental aspect that he was trying to come back from. And yeah. I think, I think honestly more so than the ACL tear, I think I would have wished that, he would have never had that like mental, you know, trauma from that. Cause it's, it's really hard to injure yourself and then feel comfortable going 100% and stuff like that, especially since after that he had multiple knee injuries as well. So you kind of, it just kind of dwells on a person and that's, that's crazy. But yeah, honestly, I, all, all four of these people, they would have impacted. And I think David mentioned another person as well too, off of, you know, Greg's person, but all five of those players, you know, without their injuries, I do think that they would have impacted, you know, not just their sport, but maybe the sporting world in general for a better. And, and that is super interesting. And we only kind of mentioned five people, but there's probably hundreds of players who 
got hurt and couldn't show their true potential, which is the unfortunate side of the business. But do you guys have any final thoughts on it? Anybody, any other names that you thought of that were kind of runner ups for you or a runner up for me would have been probably Brandon Roy or Greg Oden. Okay. You know, when I know Brandon Roy had quite a few injuries, it wasn't just one, but before he started getting injured, he was one of the best players in the NBA consistently over a number of years. And then injuries just started stacking up and, you know, he couldn't play anymore. Mm. And his career was really cut short from, you know, what it could have been. So I've always wondered just how much he could have been able to accomplish if he was able to stay healthy. Probably a close runner up outside of like Nomar, because I thought about it when Greg was talking. I would probably throw in maybe Travis Hafner as well. Okay. Okay. Because he was a pretty much for a good amount of time was – at least during his tenure, he was a pretty viable threat, even though he was on a, I guess you could say, much weaker Cleveland Indians team during the early to mid-2000s, really. And he was basically Cleveland's version of David Ortiz. To a lesser extent, but I, yeah, I could see it. I mean, for a yeah. while, he was the only reason to show up to the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see how far he can hit the ball. Yeah. And that's why I would say that he was Cleveland's versions of David Ortiz to an extent was because he had so much power to his swings. I have to say, though, the Dom's uh, runner-up of Greg Oden. Um, Greg Oden was injured from the time he was in high school all the yeah. way through his how many, two seasons, three seasons in the NBA. That was just a ticking time bomb. He knew how bad he was injured, and he was just in for the money grab as best he could. I mean, he played yeah. you know, for, for minimal at Ohio State and then got that number one you know, draft pick. What was it? KD was number two that year? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. so <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, KD even said during the uh, All-Star game when they were doing the picks and LeBron was like, you know, number one, number two. And he's and, uh, the commentator said something to KD, like, have you ever been number two? And he goes, uh, just just once. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just, it was really funny that he was totally like ripping on the fact that he was drafted second. Uh, behind Greg Oden. So, but uh, yeah, that, that's my two cents on Oden. Yeah. The only other two names I probably would add would be uh, Andrew Luck only because his arm talent and he did more with less. So that definitely would have been interesting to see if he could have gotten, you know, stuck with even maybe even stuck with the Colts for what they are today, because that's a pretty good team offense and defensive yeah. wise. That would be interesting to see how many, you know, Super Bowls they could go to, if not rack up a few of them in the process. And then I'll just say the last person for me would probably be, you know, Tiger Woods. I know that part of his issue wasn't all injury, but I kind of wonder if a lot of things would have went different where he would be today. You know what I mean? With wins and major wins and everything, because he was on a warpath and he was almost unstoppable and he made the game of golf um, fun to watch. (laughs) Not that it's not interesting, but it is one of those things where he made it so much more fun to watch that it in in its time when he was at his peak, it definitely he made people who weren't golf watchers want to watch golf. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> what David said. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the red shirt on Sunday. I'm here for it. But other than that, this was an amazing conversation. I think we, like I said, we listed. You know, just under 10 people, probably maybe a couple more, but 
there are tons of other people. We will make a post about this episode and just comment on it and let us know if there's any people that we missed or any people that you think should have been in it in this conversation as well. So thank you to the guys. Thank you guys for listening and be on the lookout for more of these types of episodes coming out in the future. Thank you again. And as always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.